Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's Wednesday. It's Lori and Julia here on My Talk 1071 Everything Entertainment, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, also on the My Talk app. We're just straddling the week right here, and oh my gosh, there are many words on this grid. That means we have a lot of gossip to get to today. <laughs> we do have a lot. It's July 15th. It's tax day for one day and one day only. Here's what I wrote to my brother who's accountant. Yeah. The longest tax season well, of your life I, I is I did over. a dumb thing like, um, hip, hip, hooray, hip, hip, hooray, today's tax day. <laughs> I mean, how dumb is that? But I mean, said to my brother that I was thinking about him. It's, accountants had the longest tax season of their of, the, of any time they've ever lived. Because they're never already working. Since January. Since January pretty, 1st. Pretty strongly. And it never ended. It, can you imagine? That's oh, a long time. So, never and then I heard you can send in your extensions today till October. Oh, and I'm like, oh, good Lord. Well. Everyone has them. Yeah. But yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of relief for a lot of accounting firms that come on. That's too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. So, um, okay. Well, we uh, ha- we do have a lot of fun stuff uh, coming on the show today. Lee, we're talking to Leanne Dolan, Satellite Sisters. Her new She's, book. Her new book, The Sweeney Sisters. We're going to be talking to her. We did our homework assignments. I've got a great movie review. Um, but I thought that we should start with, because um, this kicked I off. Who it is. This kicked off yesterday, and it's a summit that's part of the UN Foundation. And it's called the Girl Up Leadership Summit. And okay. In June, you know, several of the Black Lives Matter protests were organized and led by teenage girls all yes. across the country. And while social media can sometimes be terrible, in other ways, it is. It's inspiring how the kids have and unifying how to use social media to organize, agitate, protest. And that's just what girls have been doing for a while now. And many have compared it to the Children's March during the Civil Rights Movement. And yesterday it was Michelle Obama who gave a a speech. There's like 40,000 girls that are signed up and watching this all around the world. I feel like we had these conventions here in the past. No, no, no. no. This, this is, is this is okay. this is through the UN. Oh, You're thinking okay. of the kids I the, the, Sorry. the, the, okay. the school led thing. Yeah. This is a UN thing. And um who, so who talked today, Laurie? Uh, well, they're all the girls are between thirteen and twenty two. And so yesterday Mrs. Obama spoke about education and how off how often education is stolen from girls by poverty, gender, racial injustice, and when Girls are educated. The whole community improves. We know this. You know, three cups of tea. I was, was just going to say yes, in in yes, one hundred percent. Yes, because girls weren't educated. So today it was Meghan Markle featured on Girl Up. Actually, it would have been late yesterday, I think. But uh, anyway, first off, just to get the shallow out of the way, she is glowing serenity. She okay. looks really pretty in her, what I think should be her signature color, the royal blue. Royal blue. She looks so she happy. She looks really pretty. 
to be back in L.A., even if America is, you know, epicenter of the virus. She, um, someone ID'd her top. It's kind of boxy. It could be covering I saw a her tummy. in a dress, boxy dress the other day yes, at the gas station yes. thinking, hmm. And her hair looked amazing, but she was talking to the directly to the girls, really brimming with optimism. Girls who believe they can be the change. I'll just say this. She, you know, the there was royal reporters that uh, talked about how appalled. One of the stories that were that was coming out about Meghan Markle is that she expressed her desire to Buckingham Palace that she wanted to be involved with the UN, okay, United Nations. Mm-hmm. Well, they just the men in gray suits put up their hands in horror because that's too political. Mm-hmm. So she just seemed so happy. I mean, she. She's happy because she doesn't have to go through all that rigmarole right. anymore. Tell us why. She well, gets, she can wear no, shorts. Listen, Holly. Yeah. She, like she can wear flip-flops. She can, uh, don't she can it, wear a bathing suit in public. She, well, she, and it probably just feels comfortable where it's like, if that's what Meghan Markle's authentic style is like. And why they would have ease. a tantrum about a British princess who would want to work on a United Nations program for the empowerment of girls. I mean, that is just silly. Because I, I think they have their own things. That no, they, it isn't that. It was so. because the United Nations gets involved with political things. They make stands like uh, rape of girls and mutilation sure, of girls. But, and but I, they, that was it. They got, were, it that, got it, got it, got that, it. It's an old... Fine. Archaic, yes, royal fine. way of thinking that they couldn't get them to change. So here's just a little of Megan. Well, Markle. we have a whole little package to right. talk about. Okay, so here's our it. first cut. In a virtual speech helping young girls find their voices, Meghan Markle is rediscovering hers. I believe we are on the precipice of transformation. The Duchess of Sussex speaking at the Girl Up Summit, an organization empowering and advocating for young women around the globe. We are meant to be building each other up, so use your voices both on and offline to do just that. It's her first major address since stepping back from royal life as a full-time royal often steering away from the overtly political now a different tone girl members are organizing black lives matter protests around the world you are reforming the criminal justice system and while not mentioning the royal family directly delivering this pointed message about challenging institutions they don't listen until they have to Ah. because the status quo is easy to excuse and it's hard to break that's that very true statement. That's very mm-hmm. true. And that is a line, I think, right to Buckingham Palace because she can't come out and say it that way. But we have ears, Megan, oh. and we have eyes. Your hair looks amazing. Should we just play the last one? All right. We can play uh, the last. Okay. Here. Speaking out about Britain's own racist past. Certainly, when you look across the Commonwealth, there's no way that we can move forward unless we acknowledge the past. Now, in candid and personal terms, delivering a message, perhaps as much for herself as for her audience. Your gut will tell you what's right and what's wrong, what's fair and what's unfair. The hardest part, and it was the hardest part for me, is to chase your convictions with action. (sighs) And guys, this was... It's just, I mean, it's just inspiring to see her talk directly to those girls and inspiring to see how happy and radiant she is. And to once again remind people 
that the British royal family is as stuffy as a package of old Let me just dates. tell you, so I was out with some friends last night, and they are watching Suits for the very first time. Oh, are and they in love with Rachel love, on her? Love, yeah, yeah, love, yeah, love. Okay, listen. Yeah, that's we'll, where we first met her. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back with her story we can't get enough of. We would walk through fire for you, Harry. We just absolutely adore you. Uh, we're halfway to the weekend. Yes. You know. Are we further than that? Is it just Wednesday? Wednesday, okay. but that's halfway to the uh-huh. weekend, Julia. Yeah, and then we can officially get there when we're on the hump of the hump at 4 o'clock. That's exactly. Right. <laughs> Thanks, Holly. No kidding. Okay, so yesterday we all went away with our... We just thought we, could, we would watch a homework assignment, a show that debuted on HBO last night. And I think two of the three of us did that. I watched a different one. You watched a different show, and we're going to talk about that, because Holly, what was the show, I May Destroy You? Yeah. Yes. Okay, but uh, I know you're going to watch the show. It's of course so I am. fascinating. Tell everyone it, what the name it's is. It's called Showbiz Kids, and it was on uh, HBO last night. And Alex Winter, who was a child actor himself, before he had a breakout young man role in you know, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, he directed it. And I guess he's done other documentaries because it was so... I thought it was so good, Holly. It was it was excellent. So was it individual stories about the kids and their experiences, or how did it? It, it did. So- it was not an exploitive documentary. I mean, how would you describe it? I feel like you watch more documentaries on a whole as I do, anyway, more than I, either of us, Holly. So, but it wasn't an exploitive type of documentary. Like you could go, we've seen about. Sure. Children acting. Yeah, we have. And right? the bad path that happens to them. How, how would you describe the tone of the... Well, I would say that it's really informative because the way that the documentary Showbiz Kids is set up is that they do follow a child actor going out to Hollywood during pilot season, an unknown kid. Right. And so they follow that story. At the same time, they talk to child stars of the past like henry thomas who played elliot on et they talked to will wheaton they talked to evan rachel wood and they talked to other people who have already gone through this system and they're reflecting back at their experience of being a child star in hollywood so they have a lot of insight they talked to todd bridges too so they talked to people who maybe found their way as an adult those who have maybe struggled as an adult right so it, it they really go through the process of what they went through and what their experiences were like on set. Was it, was it, is it a negative or was it a positive? Is it a, I I think, I think it unpack, it thoughtfully unpacks a lot of stuff that child stars have been subjected to, but it wasn't anything tabloidy because there are stories of actors adjusting and finding their footing and finding their peace and having some perspective. And Alex did an interview with Vulture, Alex, Alex Winter, the director. He did not want to be part of it because he's like, I'm the director. I don't need to insert myself. Yeah. But he said, one of the things that really now in retrospect, because he probably, this took a couple of years to do, but he said, I remember sitting across from Diana, Sari Carey, who was baby Peggy like at 1918, and she was 101 years old when she did filmed her part. And I thought, holy crap, she's telling my story and some of these other 
child actors. No, she was. I didn't even know who she was. You said it to me, but well, she was in she, Charlie Chaplin's films. Yes, as the from kid. five to seven, she was the most famous little girl okay. in the world, and she's considered really a child star. The one of the first ones, okay. and she was a hundred and one. And she's telling Alex Winter, and he said, "I felt like." Her experiences were identical to mine in every single fundamental way of how she was treated and what but went like on. But like a hundred years earlier. Yes, yeah. and I thought that's the movie. Our experiences are common. And then he said what was so bizarre was, and it was so sweet to see Cameron Boyce, the Dis- yeah. the Eternals, Jesse for the Disney kid with the freckles, and he they- tragically died. Just last summer. Just last, Just last summer. summer. Mm-hmm. In his sleep. So he said um, that uh, even though, um, uh, you know, all these years separated, like baby Peggy and all these other people's stories, their experiences, Cameron Boyce and and uh, and Diana, Sari Carey, baby baby Peggy, they died within a within weeks of each other. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. After filming. And he said it was like. When she was telling me her story, I could have finished the sentences. He said it was just, you know, very, he really wanted to not make it be a polarized thing, but really show. And before this, Lori, when you talk about, because you started to talk to me about baby Peggy. Baby Peggy, and I'm like, who? She was before Shirley Temple. Yes, yes. and I had no idea who she was. And then I'm looking at it. Well, the last movie she made was in 1938, before she was part of a short movie, and then this. So um, interesting. Her career was like 19. Oh yeah, you know, and she goes into it in this documentary. She's like, okay, at a certain point, I reached adolescence, and then nobody wanted me anymore. Like Mm -hmm. Shirley Temple. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it it was. It's just I thought it was. Oh. I thought it was really good, and I want to uh, watch it. And yeah, it was really interesting just to hear everybody's uh, story about what it's like, right? And so many people, like we looked at, say Evan Rachel Wood, Reese Witherspoon, some of these people, Drew Barrymore, Drew Barrymore Kristen Stewart. They have been acting since in commercials since they were like five. Yeah, no. So it wasn't all just uh, like oh. you got to. I like the inside story of the Stand by Me. Rob Reiner took the four kids: Jerry O'Connell, Will Wheaton, River Phoenix, and who's the fourth kid? Oh gosh! Well, the fourth kid. So yeah, it, they, oh Corey. Corey. Oh yeah, Corey Feldman. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that he took the kids. He said, "Really, each of us, we were cast. Those were those who we were. Those kids, right?" And that all these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world, and the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel.
that's why Stand By Me and, the, and Ron Reiner took us. We went camping for two weeks before we started filming, right. and we kind of got some acting stuff, but we right. really just bonded so that that... And that movie is a classic and holds up mm-hmm. still. And Stephen King's short story, Shawshank and Stand By Me, two of the greatest short stories that became movies. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Okay, so anyway, but then, Holly, you recommended... I May Destroy You. Yes, on HBO. Also on HBO. And it's a British um, half-hour, what would you call it, drama? Dramedy? It's a a drama, I thought. Okay. And it's a dramedy because there are funny moments. Yep, there are funny moments about an up-and-coming writer who happens to get drugged, a date rape drug in her drink and then she's putting it together i fell asleep during like the third one holly but you were but up. i but you I, made it to three. Oh, i did i had to use closed captions oh, i yeah. mean their accents are so hardcore but it was pre- it was in it's good mm-hmm. i can see why you really like this and it's called i may destroy you it's on hbo and they did not sponsor this segment today although no. if anyone knows anyone there please call us right yeah. okay so i'm i'm like it you finished it Holly? Uh, well, it's not done yet That's- here in the United States. So they're airing new episodes every Monday night. And Got what it. I will say of I May Destroy You, it goes places telling the story of Arabella, that's played yep. by Michaela Cole, mm-hmm. of her sexual assault. It goes into places that I I have not seen TV go into these places talking about sexual assault, talking about the nature of consent, yes. uh, what that means. And every week i am surprised at where the story goes yeah it's it's good yeah it's a it's a good how one. did we not hear about well, this holly told us no because but i mean when it even so debuted even when it debuted i mean I, neil needs to come home from vacation i rely on his little we do rely on him. his little tv <laughs> neil Justin from the start to be um okay so tell me about the movie you watched we're gonna we, we don't have time. yeah we don't have time okay. that would be we'd be short shifting this uh movie but um Anyway, I just thought of when, you know, Rachel Wood is sitting down, Rachel Woods is sitting down, uh, Evan, excuse me, and she's sitting down and talking to Alex Winter. I just thought of you holding her hand in the bathroom at the Beverly. Four Seasons. Four Seasons. seasons And talking talking to her about her relationship. Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Mm. And how much she loved him, and he is the kindest person she'd ever met, and she wanted to talk to me about it. I mean, she really, it was... It was a good like ten minutes. I think we yeah. talked anyway. But we she was del- she was so yummy, delightful. Yeah, and beautiful. She, she kind of feels like she sort of like she effused that or yeah. It came. I, she seemed really. I was very beguiled by even just listening to her talk about you know the family that she grew up mm-hmm. in. The, the I don't know. Did you feel the same way that she was? I don't know. I really liked. Yeah, she was really upfront and honest about her experiences, and it seems like she's speaking her truth now in a way that she never could have as a child star. Right, exactly. All right, listen, we come back, we're going to talk with Leanne Dolan. All right, going to do my talk, Cloudy. Everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. Well, our long-time fans are going to recognize this voice. We have Leanne Dolan with us. She's a writer and a producer and a broadcaster, and of course... She came up with the Satellite Sisters, which used to be here on this very station. It Hi, was. Leanne. Hi, Leanne. Hi. Hi, girls. How are you? We, it's so good. We, we are so good. And you are just like such a great writer. We loved Helen of Pasadena, Elizabeth, the first wife. But I think the Sweeney Sisters, I think that might be, 
it's like I think it's your best one yet. I think so too. I mean, I'm getting better. You know, I just <laughs> that's what you hope, right? right? I mean, think back on your first broadcast. What you probably don't even want to. We wish we had it. Tape. We wish we kept it just to hear how bad it was. <laughs> We just got an air check of Satellite Sisters, the first broadcast, and I'm like, I'm never listening. But with the Sweeney Sisters, it's now my it's my third published novel, the fourth one I've written, and I, you know, you do get better. So oh. thank you. I feel like it's a bigger, broader story. Yes, it's just wonderful. Tell everybody, give the setup of your story. Sure, it's the story of. Three Irish Catholic sisters from Connecticut, the Sweeneys. Uh, they are raised by their very famous father. He's a literary icon. And when he dies suddenly, they all reconvene uh, in the family home in Southport, Connecticut, only to discover upon the reading of his will that there's a fourth Sweeney sister. Thanks to an over-the-counter DNA test, the composition of their family changes. And uh, the story takes off from there. Did you have, did you know somebody that this happened to or where did the idea come? Because I've heard other people say, well, my mom told me she wouldn't be surprised if I have a sister or brother somewhere. I mean, if the parents are split apart or anything, did you hear of a real life story that that happened to somebody? Well, I've heard lots now, but the inspiration for the storyline was from a a post on our Satellite Sisters Facebook group. It was three adults in a photo, and the photo just said, um, you know, we met our new brother this weekend. I'm not going to go through the circumstances, but thanks to an over-the-counter DNA test, here we are. And, you know, it's Facebook, so everyone's like, oh, that's so great, thumbs up. And I'm thinking, is it great, though, really? Right. (laughs) Would it really be great? Right. And that's what is explored in this book. And I, um, obviously being one of how many sisters are, are there, Liam? Satellite I have four sisters. sisters and three brothers. So four right. sisters and three brothers. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we don't need any more siblings. We don't, we don't want just, anyone else showing up. Can you just even imagine that but, at, at the reading of a book? No. But even the three, you know, the three, the original three sisters. And I the just, Sweeney sisters. The, the Sweeney sisters. I love how I loved each of their characters i love this town i could see the town i could see the shop the little art gallery i mean it's just so vivid and lovely thank you i you know i i like to write books the same type of books that i like to read and so that would be books with you know a real sense of place where you do feel like you're taking a vacation Mm -hmm. to that place no matter where it is where the characters kind of jump off the page and stuff and stuff happens. And hopefully there's a little bit of, you know, there's a little bit of tiny bit of learning. There's a little bit of literary history in here yes. and a little bit of laughter. And so, um, so I was pleased to bring all those elements together in the Sweeney sisters. And my gosh, and, your yeah. cover, whoever it's did the cover amazing. art, that just like is going to jump out at the bookstores. It's just beautiful. I, I know. So they hired an illustrator from London to do the cover art. And the minute I saw it, there were a bunch of other covers that we had batted around. And then they sent me this cover. And I was I just started to tear up. I, I was bet. like, that is so beautiful. It just, it's perfect. I know. I love it. I love it. You know that you're going somewhere as an author when your book cover options just get bad. I mean, hiring an artist yeah. from London, how cool is that? It was great. Yeah, no, it did. Yes, you're right. Thank you. That's validating. Thank you. It is. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Leanne Dolan. Her new book is The Sweeney Sisters, and she is part of the Satellite Sisters. And um, 
we just have a special place in your heart and we for the satellite sisters because you were on our station when we started and we actually got an an email in because we put out a blurb that you were going to be on our show today from a woman in utah that started listening to us found us through trying to find you guys and then you guys were on our station and then they listened to us afterwards and she just her dream one day was to come to the state fair and meet us but they love she loves you too but it was just kind of how people have found each other the station right and and one of the things well, i have two other sisters so when you talk about the dynamics so do I. yeah Lori does too about mm-hmm. the sisters in this book about how this one's role is this, this one's role is this, and this one's role is that. And it's just kind of interesting as adults how everybody does have their own unique personality and role within a larger family unit. I think a lot of sisters in books are, and, and in movies and TV are portrayed as either like all lovey-dovey all the time, best best friends, tell each other everything, or else they're fighting like cats and dogs. It's, you know, just constant sibling rivalry. And I think most sibling groups, most sister groups live in the middle. You know, they mm-hmm. they live in a place where they can be your best friend and your worst enemy on the same day. Like, yes. that's not in, implausible. Like, they can drive you nuts, and you can love them to death. So I think... I wanted to really capture that dynamic. I mean, I know that's how it rolls in our family. And the you sisters did, because in the book that's, are... that's exactly, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I think, this part of the story that just rang also so true was I've never, you don't really get that um, delicacy always explained. There's always like, oh, we just want to give, you know, the assignment or think the Kardashians are examples of sisters, right. you know. Yes. They have not really... They have not really um, modeled sisterhood very well, is what I was, Yes, ex- what I was exactly. <laughs> so how are you doing yeah. in this time of, how are you doing your book tours or talking to readers? What's How's that going? You know, I had everything set up. The book came out at the end of April. I was so excited at the end of February to go on a real 10-city tour mm-hmm. and to be out and about and meet people. I'm one of those writers that likes to go on tour yeah. and interact with human beings. And then, you know, over the course of a week, everything shut down and we we moved it all to a virtual book tour. So I've been, you know, I feel lucky that I know how to do this stuff. And we've been podcasting and we're on Facebook. and right. I figure out how to set up a zoom camera like that's all been fine but i miss people i mean i i miss i miss going to cities and interacting with readers and listeners of the show and just you know that's a that's a very energizing experience for me so i would say it's going as well as possible but i miss people i miss them did you (laughs) say that's a universal feeling right for now. Sure. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Did, did you right. did you send um, Oprah and Reese Witherspoon a copy of your book? And have you heard back from them yet? <laughs> uh, they, I know they got. They, I think they get copies of every book. Okay. So. No, that's that's what that's what your agent and your publisher does. So, that's okay. uh, well, good. You really, we haven't heard back. In, in, but. The writer, I mean, like, you know, writers, when writers were real big celebrities and, you know, you talk about him being at a party, the dad of this family. Mm-hmm. And that was, you also explored parenting and affairs and... Um, I like the very much, of, yeah, the breakup of uh, the one marriage, uh-huh. too, was rang so true. Also. Jealousy. I mean, okay. every, 
Mm-hmm. Everything, this just is such, and it's the Sweeney Sisters. It's so good. You guys will absolutely love it. And the people who did your Audible version, because I, I listened and I'm reading, and I have one chapter oh. left, they're very good. You know, one of the nice things was um, they, they, my agent wanted me to read the book and uh, because she said, well, you're, you know, you're, people know you from radio and sure. podcasting. You have that voice. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not an actress. I have no intention of doing voices or reading any of the sex scenes. Forget it. I'm not right. doing that. Um, so I did have approval on the narrator and I listened to a bunch and right away when I heard the narrator, I was like, oh, perfect. She's the one that I just... She felt uh, she felt great. So uh, so thank you. I will pass that along. Yeah, yeah and she's I, very talented. And you were really, you know, applause, applause for uh, the good uh, sex that we we got in the Sweet <laughs> Sisters too. All right. <laughs> well, we <laughs> like you. that. We like that. All right. So Liam, we have to ask you. Okay. So what is the last great book that you've read? Are you blurbing? You know, I read. I, I've been reading a ton, and so actually, that's one of the ways I've been coping with this. Not, yes. I've been watching probably less TV and reading more. Mm-hmm. I just like the escape. But a book that two books that came out this week that I want to recommend. Um, the first is called Fast Girls, and that's it's a historical fiction. It's the true story of three athletes, three female athletes, the first track and field athletes that America like kind of ever produced and how they go to the 1936 Olympics in Berlin. Mm-hmm. And that, if you're missing the Olympics, and I, I know you love sports there yep. in Minnesota, Minneapolis, and but this, the writer, just Elise Hooper, just brings these women to life. They have rich, full stories. You're just really captivated by it. And then the other book I love that just came out this week was a, a book called Well-Behaved Indian Women. And that is that. by a first-time novelist. And it's this story of three generations of Indian women. Uh, and it kind of looks at the idea of marriage, arranged marriage versus marriage for love, and the interaction between mother and daughter and grandmother and the stories. That also is just a really rich tale of three generations uh of, in a culture that i just find fascinating so uh i loved both those books okay and both right. awesome well the oh. end and how are people I just how are people listening to the satellite sisters just remind people you know, you can go to SatelliteSisters.com and okay. listen there. We have a brand new website. Just go so we have some, some good pictures. Just take a look at the website. But then any podcast okay. platform. So we're, we're everywhere. So All right, good. just download us on any podcast platform. Uh, but we miss FM 107. You have a very special station there. I mean, that was such a great, it is 18, a great system. 18 years. We it's were been. trying to think of when I felt like Premier Network or whoever was carrying you Something happened. We were trying to, Lori and I were just kind of I'm out like, loud trying to figure did, out. Why did you guys leave? So we were on ABC. That's, that was ABC it. Radio Network. That was and it. And Disney sold off the radio division. That's what And happened. we just didn't get another distributor. That was 2008. So we couldn't believe it. So um, so then I I took my little Mac into the Apple store and I asked the 12-year-old genius, like, could you show me how to edit in GarageBand? I think right. I want to do a podcast. So, but yeah, that was it. So you so guys were gosh. early podcasters. They were. We were. Yes. Pioneers. Yes. Pioneers. Yeah. Everyone always <laughs> says, I'd like to listen to you, but you know, I just listened to podcasts right now. I'm like, we've been we, doing it for 10 years. Right. <laughs> you know, if you guys want a great book, The Sweeney Sisters by Leanne Dolan, it was so wonderful to catch. Ke- 
up with you. Please keep we'll us keep, in mind. Keep us tuned in for when HBO or somebody is going to do this. I can see it being a, this is a, a seven or eight part series. I see it. It's out there now with some producers, so keep your fingers crossed. I will let you know. Okay. I will let you know. And keep up your excellent Twitter feed. I love love following <laughs> oh, your Twitter you. feed. Thank say you. hi to your sisters. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Julia. You're I welcome. will. I'll say right. hi. Okay, Lee and Dolan, the Sweeney sisters. Listen, we'll be right back. Uh, the movie, the Navy has finally gotten the movie they deserve. Lovely to text and Liam Dolan. If you missed it, you can check it out on the podcast or the replay. She's wonderful. I just sent her that note. I said it was great to chat with you. I mean, it's just kind of like hearing an old friend. So I read that book in a day. Yeah, I know. It was a you know I really am reading like a a book a day on the weekend. (laughs) It's easy to get get caught up in it. Well, because and vacations, you would Lori Holly would. Yeah, but I mean, so there's nothing to do, and and so I'm I am You're reading, reading. I'm just a book a day. I have like not, I mean, on the weekend anyway. Yeah, I just cozied up on it. I, I can't You've, remember what was going on, but I wasn't anywhere. No, something new and different, mm-hmm. and uh, just read that book all the day. And it was just it's really a great delicious. book. It really yeah. is. Um, okay, so I just can see it though because of all the rich characters to be a no I, HBO thing. Yes, like big the little conflict lies. of the dad with his arrogance, right? The and the three writer. and the three daughters yes. and their looks and they're so can, pretty. And it's and set in you know Connecticut, fancy and, town, yes, fancy yeah. on the ocean. And the, I just can see it. So no, when I when I was done with it, I like sent her a, a DM and I was just like, I can see this being. Produced by Reese Witherspoon oh, on HBO. Okay, so uh, I love. The, you know what's really fun when mm-hmm. you say, when we even just think that and say that because how many years have we been having an authors on since I feel like the very beginning, the True and Outstanding Adventures of the Hunt Sisters. I think was like one of our first books, and um, we never until Thrive was made an option to into uh you know um movie by reese witherspoon you know that story the wild into or, the wild excuse into me wild. into or the not, wild no but it was it called cheryl, why uh why it was just called wild, wild. It was just cheryl cheryl cheryl. Cheryl. yes there weren't women producing things and women making all these books into these great movies like they are now and telling women's female story you know what i mean because they couldn't get the money right and it's just <laughs> and like liam um excuse me who's our gal with big little eyes Oh, Leanne Moriarty. Yes, and just, it's really kind of fun to think of all these things being made into something, because for years we never got things we, really that we like to read be made into yeah. things. Well, so, speaking of things that um, are we'd like to see get made, I mean, I think, I don't know if people realize that Tom Hanks is a World War II buff. And it comes across in his movie making, and he also was instrumental in the bill, raising the money for the World War II Museum in New Orleans. Yes. And that is an amazing museum when you can travel again. And one of the cool things, and this was a Tom Hanks idea, is that he, when you go to that museum, there's like three sections of the museum, and one is devoted to the Europe, what they call the European. Allied Theater, then there's the Pacific Allied Theater and the Atlantic Allied Theater so that you can see all the ways that the world was fighting during World War II. II. And 
So he, that was something that he did in his museum. So it's interesting because he, you know, when you think of Tom Hanks's movie, I mean, the Pacific Band of Brothers, yes. Saving Private, Private Ryan. Ryan. Well, this movie, Greyhound, which was supposed to be released in July by Sony Pictures, 450 screens. It got moved. They sold it to Apple Plus because they're, I guess Apple paid the money for Greyhound, but this is Tom Hanks's World War II movie, which gives respect to a part of the war, which is not well known, and that's the Atlantic Allied Theater, how they fought on the Atlantic. And you guys, so Casey and I were just like, I don't know, we kind of... Didn't want to get back into like a show. And I'm yeah. like, let's watch this. It's 88 minutes, this movie, Greyhound. Oh, my kind of movie. Your kind of movie. And honestly, uh, I thought your dad came up after mm, we were done watching yeah. it because he worked on a submarine. Yes, but he did. It became the largest opening weekend release ever on Apple TV. They they don't release their numbers, but they said it it was comparable to Blockbuster Movie Theater. That's how many people streamed it. 30% of the people that signed up or of the viewers were brand new as of Friday. 30% 30, new Apple viewers? Yes. Apple Plus subscribers? And it's like $5.99 a month or something. Yes. And this movie is fantastic. I'm sorry. I'm glad I have a big, huge screen. I know you do. Yep. Because it is... All shot on the water. There's just one little opening scene Mm -hmm. at Christmas in a fancy hotel lobby. And then the whole rest of the movie is you are on the North Atlantic. And it tells the story basically of what was really the longest military campaign of World War II, the Battle of Atlantic. It was a six-year fight for control of the Atlantic. It's always overshadowed by everything that happened in the European and Pacific, and because it's not glamorous, mm-hmm. it's cold, gray, monotonous, miserable, and it's the Navy. And at the beginning of the movie, they play Winston Churchill. He coined uh, the Battle of the Atlantic in March 1941 in a speech, and he says, Damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead, which I never knew was a Winston I didn't either. Churchill uh, quote. But, um, he, he he famously claimed the only thing that ever really fight, frightened him during World War II was the U-boat peril because the German oh. uh, submarines, yeah. they called them wolf packs, and the only way for America to get all their equipment and all the men across and the tanks... The, the Atlantic to fight the war on the European side. So the Greyhound is a story of these uh, destroyers that would accompany the convoy of naval ships Got carrying it. everybody. And Oh, it sounds so oh, good, Lori. You're heart-pounding. A heart-pounding movie. It, we were... Uh, I was... Did he direct this too? He didn't direct it, but he sought out, he optioned this book. It's, it's really, it's based on a, it's kind of, there's a book called The Good Shepherd. It's not really because it's kind of an amalgam, but there were. Because they said that in the writing, so they, okay. Yeah, that's, that's a little bit, because you'll be Googling like crazy after you see it. But 75,000 men died in the Atlantic and 3,500 boats were sunk. It is an incredible part of World War II mm-hmm. that people don't know because we haven't had the Navy, the naval story. Yeah. And it's just about this, these destroyers 
that were zigzagging and being chased and chasing the submarines. It's it's really an, a really great, great movie. So. And it's called Greyhound and Son Apple Oh, Plus. Lori, what and a ringing endorsement. That sounds so good. Damn the torpedoes. Damn. Damn. Full speed ahead. Little Tom Petty to reference Damn the torpedoes. All right, listen, we'll be back. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.